Good morning. It is so good to be back. I know you guys have been experiencing, you know, VBS for the past couple weeks, and I haven't been a part of it, but I'm just blown away by all the decorations. Are you guys? Like, I'm, yeah, this is awesome, right? Make sure to tell Sydney, Leslie, Lindsay, uh, Courtney, those, I'm sure there were others who were helping with the decorations. Those are just the first off the top of my head that I remember seeing. But this is just awesome, right? Um, and it's so perfect, I think, for Father's Day, you know, to be preaching with Sonic and Mario around you, you know, for, for this day. Um, but hey, this is a very special day. Um, and for us as a church, um, it, it's a big day because we're not just celebrating fathers. We, we believe this is an opportunity to celebrate all men. See, maybe for some of you, your background growing up in church might have been like mine. Mother's Day was a day to praise your mother, how great she was. Father's Day was a day to tell fathers how terrible of fathers they're being in shape up, right? That's not what we do here. On this day, we, we do something a little bit different. It's similar to what we do on Mother's Day where we have someone up on stage. We get to hear their story. We get to celebrate with them um, of what they are doing with God and how God is impacting their relationships and their lives. And we're like this because we're celebrating what happens when someone gets their mind set on Jesus and they want to follow them. Because we believe a man, not just a father, but all men, when they have this thought of, man, I want to be who God has called me to be, a man like that has incredible power to inspire, to encourage, to comfort, to look like Jesus. Men like that need to be encouraged. They need to be seen more. And so that's what today is about. And it's not just for fathers. Because I know in my own life, I've been blessed with several spiritual mentors who were not fathers themselves, but they came alongside me to show me, here's what a man does. Here's a man, how a man speaks encouragement and life into others. And so that's what we're celebrating. And I think Paul had that in mind when he wrote in his letter to the first Corinthians. He wrote about what it means to be a man. And here's what he said. If you wouldn't mind throwing it up on the screen for me so I can read it. He says, when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. And when I became a man... I gave up childish ways. Paul's point was that we don't drift into being mature, inspiring, encouraging, healthy, vision-casting, legendary kind of men and people, but we don't, we don't do this by being stagnant, but we do it by intentionally thinking about who God has called us to be, and we step into that day after day after day. So this is not something that we just gradually drift into. But to be the man that God has called you to be requires intentionality. And so today we're going to be celebrating a guest up here on stage with me who I know that's been his story, where he has a, had a lot of growth over his lifetime from being a child to a man who has been very inspiring and encouraging to me, and you'll hear about that in a moment. But would you please welcome up on the stage with me, Jake Russell. Well, Jake, I'm very excited for this. Yeah, you might want to put that on the... Oh, is it not on? Yep. Green light on. Yep. Is it on? Oh, there we go. I'm hearing you and me. And that's <laughs> All right. That's quite the introduction. Thank you, Mason. <laughs> hey, but I'm, Jake, I'm very excited for this. I've honestly been very eager for it all week um, and for a variety of different reasons. One, um, you're a funny guy. Um, I remember the first time I met you, you were sitting right there where Tristan's at right now. And I was like, hey, you know, what's your name? And you're like, Jake, as in Jake from State Farm. And right. I was like, this is a guy with humor. I love it. <coughs> um, <laughs> funny guy. Well, looks aren't everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was, for me, what really inspired me 
and I've told you this story before, but I did not tell you that I was going to be telling you up in this moment right here. Um, but several weeks ago, you guys did something that really, for me, told me, okay, when Father's Day comes, I need to have Jake. Jake needs to be on the list of one of the guys to come up here. Um, and what happened was Easter Sunday. So a little context for everyone. Um, Easter Sunday was a very painful day for, for me and my family. Um, we went through something that week that was kind of a, I'm not going to go into detail because I have a microphone, but um, it was one of those moments where you're always going to look back and you're like, there was life before this incident and there's life after this incident. And so that week was just a week of grieving. Um, I spent more time crying in my office than doing anything um, productive. Uh, the only people in the situation or in the church who knew about what our family was going through was Stephanie and Dave. Um, so Easter Sunday comes up and I was like, God, I don't want to I don't want to preach. <laughs> I don't even want to be in church this day. Like, I'm, I'm grieving because I knew a, a large part of my role is, is try to create gospel community for others. And so on Sunday mornings, I'm going from one person to the next. I'll be laughing with one person, and the next moment crying and weeping, um, and then praying, and the next person laughing. I, I do everything I can to give a gospel feel of community. Um, but to peel back the curtain, a lot of pastors don't always feel like they get that in return. Um, and I remember that morning just praying, God, I, I don't know if I have the strength to do that. And then right after the second sermon, I thought, man, no one knows what's going on. Like, I, I've hit it very well. I, I know that sounds hypocritical because we say we're a church for those who are imperfect and broken people. But I wasn't in a state to process that, certainly not in front of everybody. Um, but it was after the second sermon, I thought, okay, I got through this. No one knows that my heart is just broken and weeping right now. And turn around, I'm right over there. Turn around and both you and your wife are right there. Um, both of you guys are like, there is something off with you. Can we talk? Um, can you just open up? Um, and like God immediately in that moment was like, all right, there's your gospel community. You need to open up. And so I got to share with both you and Lacey. Um, you guys were crying with me. Everyone had left the church. And I, I told you guys later on that week, I was like, I needed that. Like I needed that Easter uh, resurrection feeling, and that morning, I wasn't feeling it until that morning. So I, I'm very excited to, to have you up here. Um, I, I tell you that to say, like, you are very well loved in the past year. You've been Thank here. You. you guys have uh, incorporated yourself into our family very well, and so I want you to know, you might be anxious, but I'm just speaking from people who, who, who love you um, and, and are very excited, I know, like me, to, to be encouraged by, by your story um, and your, your, your wisdom and your encouragement that you're going to be offering this morning. But I want to just give you an opportunity to Maybe introduce yourself to those who, who might not know you and all that. Well, my name's Jake. Uh, I've been married to my lovely bride for about coming up on 10 years. Um, uh, and I have a an almost six-year-old little boy, um, Eli. Some of you may know him. Um, we just moved back down here uh, the 1st of September from Fairbanks up, up north. <clears throat> and it was an... It was an odd journey. We it started two years prior to, and we it snowed on. Speaking of Easter, snowed 16 inches on Easter Sunday, and that wow. was really kicking the kicking the shin because um, you you get spooled up, ready for spring, and then 16 inches yeah. of snow. So my wife and I had kicked around the idea of moving, uh, moving back south. And um, she um, said, okay, let's pray about it. Let's talk about it. Let's make sure our ducks are in a row. Mm -hmm. And we both feel like we were called down here. For what purpose yet? I don't know. Um, but to describe being called to do something or being called to go somewhere, it's, it's really hard to describe. 
it's um, you. It's like an overwhelming urge that you have to do this. It's like a fire in your bones. Yes. Yeah. It's it's a it's yeah. It's a fire in your bones. And so I said, well, we can do this. We both have to give up our great jobs and our house and all this other stuff that we sacrifice. Yeah. This everything that we worked for for the last ten years. And we said, well, maybe, no, we'll play it safe. Maybe it's a test. Maybe we're just being tested. Um, and we decided that we'd rather be um, Abraham versus Jonah, mm. you know? And we, we use that phrase frequently. Yeah. <clears throat> if we're being tested, I want to be Abraham. I don't want to be Jonah and be thrust into something. So as time went on, we just kept selling all of our stuff and we finally sold the house and everything inside it and moved into a camper and drove south 5400 miles <laughs> showed yeah we're like okay well we're in montana now i guess there's no turning around now um and that's uh and then here we are in southeast missouri and that's we feel at home here we don't know what our purpose here why we were called down here but we'll find out yeah well, that's exciting. Yeah. So what brought you to the Bluff Church a year ago? And I'm always interested in this question. What, what brought someone gonna, to church, and what kind of keeps you coming back? I'm going to go off my script here. Okay, go ahead. Um, so this church, <clears throat> our, our home church up in Fairbanks, the pastor and his wife actually did much of the same thing that we did when we came down here. Um, and they got called to Fairbanks, and he was like, Lord, not... Fairbanks in winter. I don't want to do that. <laughs> um, but they ended up doing that, selling everything they owned, moving in a van from Indiana. And this, and then they started in a movie theater. And I know you guys started in a hotel. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, th- the origin story of, of this church and that church was much the same. Hmm. And... <clears throat> um, and more importantly, my wife said, I'd really like to try this church. And I went, okay, honey, <laughs> sounds great. You know, like, like a good husband would do. Um, but we, uh, what keeps us coming back is your message is fantastic every Sunday. It's, it's, it's wonderful. And um, it usually hits somewhere where I needed it to hit. And... Um, and the reception we got when we got here was second to none. It was like we had been going here for years. It was wonderful. Yeah. And that's that's why we keep coming back. It's just it's it's a family. Yeah. I remember um, before I came here, um, I remember asking Dave. I was like, "What what do you think the church is the best at?" You know, in the entire community. He's like hospitality like we are very big on we want people to feel like their family as soon as we come in and so the first time me and my wife came and visited no one knew that we were candidates for the position I'm in now so we were kind of incognito and just hiding out Um, and we ended up sitting right next to um, Joe and Stan Bullington I don't know I haven't seen them here Um, but we we sat right next to them and then like the following like two weeks or so when I came back to do my hey preaching for the first time kind of deal they were all mad, like, how did you, why did you not tell us you were a candidate? We just thought you were just someone, you know, averagely visiting, um, but we were just overwhelmed, like, even 
halfway through the service, my wife leaned over and she's like, I don't know where you're going to be at, but I'm going to be at this church. So <laughs> I was like, let's hope I get the job. <laughs> that's, that's similar to when we left the first time, you know, because you, you look at your spouse and you're like, hey, what do you think? Um, that's, yeah, well, this is where we're going to go. This is it. This is the spot. Yeah. And yeah. Well, good. That tells me that we're, we're doing something right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so we were, I was just talking before you came up of, you know, as a man, as a husband, as a father, we don't like naturally drift into being the people that God wants to be. It's by intentionality. It's by, you know, work and, and growing and pushing ourselves in discipline and that sort of deal. So I, I'm curious from, from your perspective, have there ever been any books or habits or resources, things that you're like, this has helped me over the years to help grow into the man I am and maybe the things I'm doing now to help continue to grow into the man I know God is continuing to, to pull me towards being? I know one of my biggest resources is my wife. She's been fantastic. Um, I've also got a couple extra ones that um, we really enjoy and we've mm-hmm. not, <clears throat> I listen I'm an audiobook guy mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, so when Lacey finds something that she really likes, she looks for it on audio or video. Um, and so one big one was Laugh Your Way to a Better Marriage. Yeah. That is phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I recommend that to everybody. Um, it kind of puts things into perspective. Like uh, It's from Mark, who was it? Gunder? Yeah, Mark Gunder. It's a little bit older. It's like mid-90s, so... You know, put your imagination glasses on for a little bit and <laughs> spruce up the graphics a little bit. But um, he uh, he explains from different perspectives um, just from different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, on, on marriage. Mm-hmm. That, that helps quite a bit. But um, and then uh, as a spouse, uh, let's see. There was uh, The Five Love Languages also helped quite okay. a bit. Yeah, that's a good book. Um, my wife and I realized that the way we receive love and give love are dramatically different. Mm. Um, mine is words of affirmation. Soak that up. <laughs> oh, she is here. And <laughs> hers, hers is acts of service. So, you know, randomly detailing her car or... Whatever, mm-hmm. doing doing anything. She's sweaty, and I bring her ice water. Yeah, just any any the smallest things, and uh, and that's how you know we show and yeah. receive love, and that that helps quite a bit. And that is a big challenge, I think, for every relationship. Like you come in thinking this person is going to receive love the exact same way I receive love, right. and you're like, whoa, you're completely different. Like how you you know feel that you're receiving love and how you, you give it, you know, just that, that dynamic. And that's just a, a journey of learning each other in a lot of ways. Like her way of showing love is not the acts of service or anything. It would, it's something different. It's so when you show love and you receive love, it's wildly different. Mm-hmm. And if you get to f- understand that and figure that out, it, it helps yeah. considerably. That's very good. Anything else that you'd recommend? Uh, not right now. Okay. Uh, no, I don't have any. I don't have anything else on my script. <laughs> okay. So let me ask this question. Okay. So we're we're also talking about you know following Jesus, and of course that's going to incorporate scripture uh, of diving into it and, and soaking ourselves into it, so that it shapes you into you know the the man, the husband, the father um, that God wants you to be. So where has scripture um, guided you in your, your own relationship with Lacey? Um, there's two that kind of stick out. Um, 
One is Isaiah 43:19. Behold, I'll do a new thing. Um, now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? Um, and it goes on. The, the, for all intents and purposes, that's what my wife and I are doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we both didn't have the, the nuclear family that you would, you know, you see on TV, on Lifetime yeah. and whatnot. Um, so w- we are trying to do a new thing by instilling Jesus, instilling a nuclear family, instilling mm-hmm. all this, the, the values into our little guy. Yeah. Um, and uh, see how that turns out. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one is uh, Ephesians 3.20. Let go and let God have his way in your life and he will bless you exceedingly abundantly above all you can ask or think. Mm-hmm. And that's, uh, again, that's what we're doing. Like, hey, this, none of this is our decision. We're going to let go, let God, and let's see what happens. Yeah. Like moving 5,400 miles away from everything we've known. Yeah. Which both of those are, you know, great verses for that aspect of that life journey right there. So so that makes me ask, you know, not everyone would have been in agreement with that decision. Or, hey, this is what, we're in an age where everyone's got an opinion about everything and everyone's got an opinion about how your relationship works and needs to work. And so I imagine with a move like that, you probably had a lot of people like, this is not the right thing. This yeah. is, you know, you're not listening to God the right way. So how do you process or, or sift through, you know, when, when people come with, with negative opinions or judgments about, you know, your, your decisions, your, um, your life choices, your, your marriage, your, your uh, family? And like, how do you, you process through that? And what's some advice you can give to us? Oh, we, we don't listen to them. Oh, that's good we, <laughs> we We don't listen to the peanut gallery. We... Um, my main focus is my wife and my son and hers on me and mm. our son. Um, and, you know, the, the, the saying, hater's going to hate, I guess. <laughs> Fine. Um, they can pick their own path. Um, we also learned to establish healthy boundaries with these people. Mm. And that is critical. They, they, um, a lot of people try to push those boundaries. Um, and as soon as you set up those boundaries, you're going to get pushback. Yeah. And uh, that's part of it. Um, yeah. Go ahead. No, no, I was just going to add on to that. Like that's, I found that's helpful when, when I'm getting negative uh, feedback or criticism. I'm like, okay, it, has this person earned that level of the boundary? Yes. You know, um, I remember when me and my wife, we lived apart in different states for a year um, based on when I was finishing up my master's. Uh, she had a contract with Tennessee. So I lived in Indianapolis. She lived in Knoxville. We were about six hours apart. Um, and it was like that for a year. And a lot of people in the church we were at even came up to us and was like, God would never ask you to do this. You know, you're not listening to God. I'm like, that's not how our story has been. But I had to sit through. I'm like, okay, has this person earned the right to say that? Like, have, have they reached that level of, of the boundaries of, of that level of intimacy? And those who you know, were in that most intimate space, weren't saying the same thing. They were like, we're encouraging you, we're here for you, we, we understand why you're doing this. It was those on the outside who, who hadn't earned that deeper level of trust. They were on further out on the boundaries. And right. I they find that they have no idea yeah. what's going on in the, the inner circle of your relationship. Mm-hmm. So yeah, take it with a grain of salt, I guess. Yeah, figure out, like, does this person, have they earned the right to, to speak in this way? And t- for me to, you know, to listen to that in that capacity so that they want. 
So let me ask you um, then another question, building off of that. So you mentioned the, the Isaiah 1 um, passage, and you're, you're trying to, to build a better nuclear family um, than what you guys experienced for, for Eli, um, for your son. And I know a part of that goes into teaching him to, to love God and love people. What does it mean to follow Jesus? So, so what are you learning in that aspect? Or what are some ways that you're like, hey, here's how we're, we're trying to encourage our son, not just to, hey, you just came to church, <clears throat> Sorry, but not just you just came to church and we're done, but we're, we're trying to teach of how do you love Jesus and follow Jesus Monday through Saturday. Not just, hey, we, you came to church and you're good and let the pastor uh, do the, the Jesus talk and, and go. But I know that's not your guys' heart. Your guys' heart is, hey, we want to help teach and, and walk and help him. So I'm, I'm curious. Why are yeah, you the, talking about that? Um, the biggest thing is to give your, your time, your resources, whatever, and let them see that. Mm. Let them see you stopping what you're doing and going and helping someone else or um, just taking a minute to pray. Just mm. shut down. We're going to sit here for just a minute. We're going to say a little prayer or whatever. Yeah. Um, another thing is um, it's it, I, I've, had, I've struggled with this where I, I snap at you know, at Eli for doing who who knows what. Yeah, he's six. It could be anything. Um, and to take a moment and to just to just humble yourself and just you know talk to him. Say I was wrong. I wronged you. I know this. And that way he can he can find out. He can see what healthy emotional control is mm-hmm. and conflict resolution. Yeah, that's where you know we're kind of at odds, and it's never to be good. You know, never going to be at odds with your kid or your spouse. Yeah. Um, but to just to to serve as much as you can, and to humble yourself, mm-hmm. and let them see that. I think that's a powerful thing when you know a, a father has that. Hey, I, I'm willing to be humble in front of my kid and admit my own mistakes and stuff like that. Um, and, and we all make mistakes. Like I remember just a week ago, honestly, as we're we're trying to adjust between a a two week old and a two year old at the same time, um, and we're trying to teach Harper to sleep in her own toddler bed, and we're going through that transition and. Um, it has not been the smoothest, um, and so what normally took like 15, 20 minutes to lay her down now takes like two to three hours, um, and I lost it. My temper went, and I, it was like 10 o'clock. We had been at this for three hours trying to get her to go to sleep. She kept running out of the room laughing and giggling, and I lost it, and I, I shouted at her. I was like, you know, get back in bed, or you will be spanked. I'm not dealing with this anymore. Like, I was shouting, you know, dried her, and she cried herself to sleep. I w- walked out of the room, and I just bawled, and I was like, Jody, this is not the man I want to be. Like, this is, that, that was not, I, I need to apologize to her in the morning when she's awake. And so. And if any, any dad out there says they've never lost it, it's not true. Yeah. <laughs> it's not true. <laughs> We've all been, you know, it's, it's a growing process. It is. And that's the ordeal. Um, they didn't come it, with instruction manuals. Like <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's, it's incredibly powerful for any kid to, to see their, you know, especially their father come back and apologize or be humble or to stop and say, hey, you know, um, this is why we're going to do this because of, of what Jesus said, and we're going to try to follow him. And, and hey, I'm, I'm on this journey too. I haven't mastered it. And, and that's a, 
man, those are some of the most powerful lessons I've learned from my dad of watching him in the exact same way of, you know, if he lost it, coming back later on and be like, hey, I, I need to apologize for that or I, I need to grow from that. And that kind of taught me that, like the greatest lessons, especially of manhood, are not taught, but they're caught. Yeah. When you, you watch, you know, uh, men around you who um, you're like, man, I want to be like that. You learn more by by being with them, and you're catching it rather than just absorbing you know, it. Yeah, let me hear a 35 minute lecture with five points, and they're all going to start with the letter B or something like that. Right. Like the best lessons in life are caught more than taught. You know, um, my, you know, Lacey will catch things that I don't too, and you know, she's like, well, you know, maybe we're a little hard on him. I was like, yeah, I know. I was thinking it in my head, but I wasn't going to say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> Wives are good like that, right? Yeah, <laughs> like they are. Point other things that you, yeah, I don't yeah, know. I know. <laughs> All right, so let me let me ask this next question. Um, this is kind of building on everything, you know, building up a, a, a raising up a child to, to love God and love people certainly starts with seeing that in a marriage. And so I'm asking, are there any tips on a healthy marriage that your tips you've learned? You're like, man, I'm glad we have learned this, and this is better our marriage, it's strengthened our marriage, it's created more love for God and each other and love for people, and it's also something that we can help reciprocate to our son. Um, any tips on, on that? Yeah, I, again, I go back to the, the five love languages. It's, we're trying to, of course, Eli hasn't, he's six, he hasn't gone through the whole like, video and like, do the t- all that mm-hmm. stuff. But trying to decipher what his love language is and how he shows it and how um, that's, uh, the five love languages is, is, is critical. And also, don't yell. Uh, if, if, if either party escalates to the point of yelling, you just gotta shut it down. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, we started out, you know, young marriage, of course, we're, we're, yet, we're having conversations across the house. Um, and try to keep an open mind that, I'm gonna go off my script real quick. Um, this, where your spouse is coming from when mm. they have a point of view and you have a point of view. Um, decisions they make could be based on something uh, like past childhood trauma or abuse or anything that they've experienced in the past or whatever. But if you, if you try, and it's so hard when you're, when you're at that stage and you're red-faced and just... Yeah, you're tunnel vision. Yeah. Um, the, the best thing that we have done, because I'm, I'm a very head-on person. Mm-hmm. If there's an issue, let's tackle it right now, right this second. Uh, other members of my marriage are not that way. <laughs> um, <laughs> she's just cracking up back there. Um, she, and she likes to um, distance herself, think about what she's going to say, and then she's more analytical, and I'm more, uh, I'm a hatchet where she's a scalpel. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so, uh, and also at the end of the, the conversation mm-hmm. that you're having, uh, we try not to have arguments, we try to have conversations. Doesn't always succeed that way, but we, we strive for that. Um, we both, you know, again, humble ourselves and like, okay, I, I understand, I'm sorry, I did this. And she'll usually come back and say, I'm sorry, I did this, and then there we are. Yeah. But don't yell and don't slam doors. That's that's my number one tip. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty good. <laughs> you, you'd be.
surprised at you know how many how many times that happens, and then you know you're leaving and wham, I've I've been mad before, and I'm like I'm gonna go outside for a minute, and the windows open, and I shut. You guys. Oh, I turned off. Oh no, I didn't. Nope, you're, you're there. Um, and the wind will catch the door, and it'll slam. I didn't mean to, but um, I'll I'll come in. Sorry, I didn't mean to slam a door. I'm still gonna go outside, but I didn't mean to slam a door. So that shows a lot of growth and maturity. Yeah. <laughs> We're not done with this, but I didn't mean to slam it. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, I think something really powerful you just said. I think can go into any relationship is just having that stop and moment where you're like, okay, where are they coming at from this? You know, what, what's been their story that I know of that's influencing this reaction, this response, this thought, this, you know, I, I think that is crucial for any like conflict management, um, whether it's at work with a kid, and you're like, okay, where are you coming from in this moment? Before I lose it and I try to enforce my opinion down your throat, like, <laughs> how, how do I stop and think, Okay, I can see why you would think this, and I see why you you know did this over here, and, and I think that creates a lot more opportunities for grace and mercy to intervene in that moment because you're like, okay, I, you're a, an imperfect person as I am, and we're always responding to something that's beneath the surface, right. than just what's being said and done. And you know, I think when we can stop and process that in the moment, which is difficult. Right? There's a lot difficult. of times you come back and you're like. That's not how they, I wanted that reaction to go, you no. know. Um, and you have to come back later and apologize. But I think that is such a crucial skill. Um, and then when men learn that, it gives them such opportunities to speak life and encouragement and, and love and, you know, into the situations that they're in. Uh, but it's difficult, right? It's and we also never have discussions in front of our child either. Mm -hmm. We don't let him see us argue. Yeah. So it's like a timeout. You know, yeah, we'll pick yep. this up after bedtime. Yep. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're gonna come back to this. We're gonna circle back, put a pin in this. We'll yeah, so. I get that. So um, we're gonna wrap this up. I know in here, and I've got the last few questions. Um, but one of them I want to ask is, if you can go back ten years, you know, right to when you and Lacey met, what would you say to younger Jake? Uh, you know, to encourage him or to say, please don't do this. You know, or or something, if you could speak to your younger self 10 years ago when you met Lacey, what I would, would you say? I would step back to about 15. That was... 15, okay. Yeah, let's step back to about 15 okay. before Lacey came around. Um, uh, the first thing I would say is get better friends because these people are going to mm. land you in jail. <laughs> they, you know you're better. always the average of the five people you're around the most. <laughs> yeah, you know better than this, man. Knock it off. Um, um, and... Uh, a big one is so, something I had to come to grasp with when I was in my more adult years um, is other people's anger is not your fault. Mm. If people are angry, it's not your fault. Even if you do something and they're angry, it's probably not. It's cutting out. Okay, there we go. Um, just be the best. Yeah. I don't know. You sitting I'm, on the, I'm the not blogger. I'm on the side. Hello. Oh, there we go. We'll just yeah, stay right there. Just hold it out. Yeah. Um, just be the best that you that you can be. Mm -hmm. Just and just let let it go. Um, and uh, one more thing would be the, the the way you do one thing is the way you do 
everything. So if you do something, do it to the best of your ability. Um, if you start going in kind of half, uh, uh, gosh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just that kind of, not that we one. We know what you're thinking. Not that you one. Don't feel comfortable saying um, Kind of like, um, with half interest. With half interest, yes. No, come on, guys. <clears throat> um, then, then you're going to go into everything, including your marriage, including your fathering, including everything. Mm -hmm. So do it to the best of your ability. And if that's the best you got, that's good enough. Yeah. You know? Okay. Um, all I got for that. I gotta say that one you mentioned of you know other people's anger, you know, is not your your fault or always your responsibility. Like that, I'll be honest, I struggle with that one of like dealing too. with okay other people's immaturity or imperfections or lack of growth and not personalizing it of well therefore that's my fault or I'm I'm to blame for for their reaction. You know, like I struggle with that personally myself um, and maybe. 10 or 15 years from now, I will look back and be like, that's what I wish I could say to me today. So I, I find that encouraging. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, uh, Lacey and I, we, um, when we first got together, I internalized everything. I was, that was it. Mm -hmm. I just stuff it in a bottle. It's fine. Um, that's, that is not the way to go. You're talking about you're crying back in your office. Cry. It's great. Feels great. Mm -hmm. Turn on a Pixar movie and I'm just, Waterworks, you know. You don't even need the Pixar. You just need the little shorts. Like <laughs> on up. Oh man, that oh, one gets that me every time. Yeah, anyway, <laughs> I want to talk about it too much. Go ahead. <laughs> Glad to know I'm not the only no, one. No, you are not the only one. <laughs> so I, I want to give you just this final opportunity, um, open platform. Any word of encouragement that you can give to anyone here, uh, you know, whether it's other men or young fathers or those who want to be fathers or just the general audience. I just want to, you know, in closing, give you the open platform here. Uh, I've got, maybe not, I've got some advice I've learned. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not, you know, the, the, the wise old professor or anything like that yet, but working on it. Um, but gentlemen, don't be afraid to show emotion. It's, um, I mean, look at me, I'm a six foot four, bald, bearded dude. I cry. It's fine. When Lacey and I first got together, we, I, I did not. I had this false sense of um, need, or this false need to be stoic all the time and, like I said, cram every emotion into yeah. a bottle. And when that bottle gets full and you keep cramming stuff inside it, it's going to bust. And that's not good for a marriage, not one iota. Yeah. It's, it never works. Um, uh, and I, I, I still struggle with that today. Um, the, the typical answer with every guy, hey, how you doing? I'm all right. But generally they're not. Um, so show emotion. And um, um, yeah. That one I think is so crucial because we live Pivotal. in an age where, where men are not allowed to have emotions or feelings. Nope. Uh, but we do. But if you live in that way, yeah, you eventually just bottle up, you explode. Um, but we live in an age where, like, every single day, I don't know a man who not a single day doesn't feel hammered or hurt or feeling like, man, I, I dropped the ball here, or, man, I feel defeated over here, or, man, like, 
I've just been told I'm a terrible human being and that the world's problems are my fault, you know. Like, I, I don't know a single man who doesn't feel at the end of the day, like, hey, I, I've, I've been bruised and hurt a little bit by the world. Um, and, but our world says you can't process that. You have to stuff it down. Right. But what happens is we eventually... The bottle we, gets full. Yeah, we end up destroying something else because we have not taken the time to, to self-care, to, yeah. to process and these things. And your spouse does a lot not of the, you know, beating you down or anything, but uh, mine especially, she, man, she lifts me up every, every day. Yeah. Um, no, see? <laughs> <laughs> see, you asked not to have that question. Of I know, I know. I well, did. And here you go. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's, she's a wonderful lady. But. All right. Hey, can you guys give Jake a round of applause this morning? Thank you, Jake. Thank you. Thank you. Man, I hope you guys were encouraged by that. I know I was. There's a lot of things I'm like, man, I'm, I hope someone was taking notes because I'm going to be asking for those later on. Hey, would you just join me in a word of prayer this time? Father, it's, first off, it's so good to be able to call you Father. I mean, to, to speak to the, the master of the universe in such intimacy, knowing that that you hear us, that you love us, that you're there for us. Man, I'm so grateful that we can call you Father. And I thank you for the men, the part of this church body, who, who want to be who you've called them to be, who want to follow Jesus and look like Jesus at their work and their families, with their friends. And thank you so much, Father, that you take a lot of grace and mercy as we are works in progress for this. And right now, as we, we stop to sing, I just pray that you would just open up our hearts and just speak to us on this moment, reminding us of, of how good you are. And we've made room for you to, to hear that now. It's in your name I pray. Amen.